The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the most dramatic podcast ever. An iHeartRadio podcast. Welcome back to the most dramatic podcast ever. I'm Chris Harrison. I had an amazing time answering all your questions and and getting your phone calls in this last episode, but we ran out of time. I couldn't get to all of you and I want to get to more. So consider this a little bonus time for you and I. Let's dig a little deeper. I want to answer more of your questions. And so my amazing producer, Kendall, uh, we've, we've pulled a bunch of questions and we're just going to jump into them. And so Kendall, if you were there, fire, let's go. Let's, let's hear from everybody who listened to the show and had something to say, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Gus says it would be helpful if you explain why you were canceled. Do you want to explain that? And for people who don't know, like Gus? Gus? It's called Google, man. Um, <laughs> you, you, if you listened to those two episodes and you had no idea what I was talking about, God bless you, by the way. Thanks for sticking around for two hours because you must have been thinking to yourself, what the hell is this guy referring to? At no point did you think, I'm going to hit the pause button. I got to find out what this is about. Um, but I appreciate you sticking through it, Gus. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't want to take everybody through the play-by-play and minute-by-minute leading into. I I kind of had to assume that you were up to speed with me a little bit. So, Gus, if you weren't, I apologize. But, uh, yeah, just hit the Google, unfortunately. Or whatever search engine you prefer. Whoever's going to actually sponsor this show. It can be anybody. Sam says you are just a host and don't actually have any relationship expertise. Ouch. Uh, How will you be discussing relationships on the podcast? Hey, you guys... Don't mind just cutting to the chase here. You know, just cut to it. I'm okay. Uh, Sam, um, you are right. At no time will I ever tell you that I know everything, that I am an expert, that I am a doctor. I have an honorary doctorate from Oklahoma City University. Um, But Sam, I've seen things and I've lived through things in my over half a century on this planet, but 
in 19 years of hosting the show and being intimately immersed in every aspect of a relationship and being married for quite some time myself, having children, going through a very public divorce, um, raising those kids with my ex, trying to date again, um, finding love again, being engaged again, and going through all of these emotions. And so you're right. Technically, maybe I'm not a doctor, but I played one on TV. And Sam, I've seen things. So I think I will be able, in all seriousness, to be helpful when people seek advice. Because I have probably either been through that situation or I've seen that situation played out before me. All right, Kendall, what, do you, what else do you have for us? We're going to take a quick break, and then I have a lot coming your way. Bring it. It took me a while to figure out my mom is more than just a mom. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. Mary Beth, she is a force to be reckoned with. Successful career, many talents, a great friend group. I could go on and on about my mom. I love her dearly. Well, this Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why I'm sending farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And I got you 25% off your entire Books purchase so you can send some too. Here's why I like Books. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. Books has also made it easy. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th, right around the corner. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, the wife, aunt, hey, even your grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code Chris for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code Chris. Books.com and use promo code Chris. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. 
I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the most dramatic podcast ever. I'm Chris Harrison, back with LZ, and we are back to your questions. Kendall, our amazing producer, what else do you have? Jacqueline wants to know if you see yourself being a host in the future. And adding on to that, I personally want to know, is there any show that you would kill to be the host for? Hmm. You know, I've done both, Jacqueline. I've done both. I, I have obviously started this franchise from the beginning, the Bachelor franchise, and that was fun and it was amazing to start something. But I've also jumped into franchises. I took over the iconic hosting role of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And I enjoyed trying to make that my own. So I will, I can, I can see myself coming back. What's more important to me is not as much what I'm hosting anymore. It's who I'm working with. And at a certain point in your life, luckily I get to make that decision of who I want to work with and who I want to surround myself with. This podcast is a good example of that. I was offered a lot of podcasts. I, I could have done this anywhere. I did it at iHeartRadio because I have relationships here and it was important to me to work with these people. And so I will probably be back and, and I, I'm being kind of dodgy here because I'm a big fan of working in silence and working quietly. And then you will see the fruits of that labor. And so I'm trying not to give too much away. There's some exciting things on the horizon. Um, but it's much more important right now who we surround ourselves with and, and who I work with. Um, I, I guess I'll leave it at that for now. This is a good follow-up question. Ashley is asking if you would step back in and return to the bachelor or bachelorette. Would you do that? Hmm. Isn't that the $50 million question? Why do you say $50 million? <laughs> is that how much it would take? <laughs> I would probably go back to kind of what I said in that last answer. And that is, it is so important who I work with or work for. I don't see a path back. You know, my mom always taught me never say never. And so I won't say that word, but I don't see a path back where I could find happiness and contentment. And, and, and by the way, conversely, my guess is they feel the exact same way. Um, this show, this, this whole concept is about relationships. And I look at that question as a relationship. And we, most of us have made this mistake. When you get out of a relationship, it ended for a reason. You got out for a reason. Making the mistake of going back into a relationship you do it sometimes for safety. You do it because it may, makes you feel good. You're longing for something. We remember the good old days, the good times. You forget the bad in relationships and you go back to that, that boyfriend. You go back to that girlfriend. And as soon as you're back, you're on date one, 
date two and you're like, oh my God, how did I get myself back into this situation? And now how can I hit the eject button and get back out? How am I breaking up again with the same person? And so what I learned in relationships, I would apply here. Do I want to get back in bed with that same girlfriend? And usually the answer to that is no. Jen is saying she found the first episode to be insufferable and that no one wants to hear how hard the situation was for you and how you couldn't fix it. You should really start taking your own advice of not saying anything. Why did you focus on yourself so much in the episode? Jen. (laughs) I love these. I'm watching you squirm a little bit. Thank you for listening to however many episodes you made it through. I'd be interested to know how how long Jen made it. Did you make it all the way through one episode? And if so, I hope you you missed the best part, which was LZ in episode two. Um, I'm sorry that uh, you felt that way about the the show, but I, I felt like the first episode needed to be me talking for the first time in two years. I thought if I jumped into the show, into this relationship podcast and just said, hey, so we're going to be talking about hooking back up with your ex, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend again, and just acted like nothing happened. And I just started talking about relationships. I thought that would have been really insincere. And I thought you guys would have been thinking, uh, Hey bud, you kind of skipped over a little something. And I thought, and I said this off the very top of that first episode, if we are to have this relationship and that's what this podcast is, it's not only about relationships. It is a relationship, my relationship with you, which has always been paramount to me. If this is going to happen, if we're going to hook up in this way, I needed to bear my soul. I needed to talk to you and I needed to kind of show all my cards and I needed to go first. This will evolve into something very different. We will start talking more about relationships and things going on and talk to have interviews and and guests and all that stuff that will happen. Um, But I just felt like in all seriousness, those first words from me needed to be meaningful and and raw and open and honest. And I'm sorry if it just seemed so much about me, but I'm also just, you know, self-centered narcissist. I'm a Leo. What are you going to do? <laughs> hey, Kendall, are there any nice ones? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hold on, Kendall. I only want them if they're really mean questions. <laughs> Lauren loves this. LZ loves watching me squirm. But hey, in all seriousness, I will I will say this again. This wasn't about sitting in an echo chamber and having a bunch of people tell you exactly what you want to hear. You get nowhere. There is no growth like that. I want to hear the good. I want to hear the bad. I want to hear the silly. That's what this is all about. Life is messy. There are mistakes. So let's lean into them. Let's own them and let's talk about them. So Bring it on as as much as I can. Do you mean legally? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mark wants to know if being the host of The Bachelor and Bachelorette for all those years helped your own relationships and dating. Did it? I mean, LZ's sitting right here. She's the last girl I dated. So I'll definitely uh, let her come in on this. I'll answer first and you can correct me and make fun of me. This is a perfect situation. I would say yes. I would say I learned... There are the shallow things that I learned, and that is the, you know, I'm a good planner. I really can curate a pretty damn good date or trip 
Um, and, and it's not that I've taken things from the show, but yes, you have <laughs> probably, but you learn, but you learn some things. No, you learn, you learn how to kind of, again, curate an amazing experience that is about that person. And it's about what she wants. And I'm speaking from my perspective. She, uh, what Lauren would love, what I know LZ is into. And that, that that's important is don't just do something that I think is exciting. Like I'm never going to take LZ um, on a golf trip <laughs> and be, and, and try and sell it as, Hey babe, I have this amazing experience. Um, and so there is the, the shallow part of it, which yeah, just curating and all that. I think I have become much better at, but also I think on a deeper level, emotionally speaking, I am a little more in tune to what people are really trying to say. I'm a better listener. Um, I would say I'm a better communicator than when I started 19 years ago. And look, some of that is just growth as a human being and the experiences I've had being a dad and getting my, my kids partially as a single dad through young teenage years, graduation, getting into college, you learn and you have to be a better communicator, especially when you're by yourself as a parent sometimes. And so a lot of things have led into this, but surely I have to give credit where credit's due and spending 19 years on that show helped. Julie wants to know if you can share all or parts of your brother's letter. Actually, we got a lot of DMs about this, asking this question. I heard this a lot, Julie, and the short answer is no. And it's not because I won't, it's because I can't. For the first time in the history, I think, of our relationship, my brother listened to me and he took that letter down. He's not the most technologically advanced guy, apparently, because he typed it directly into Facebook. <laughs> no joke. I don't know who does this, but he, he, he typed it directly in. And so when he took it down, it's gone. I, I assumed he typed it somewhere and then, you know, copy and pasted it in or whatever. I'm not on Facebook. I don't even know how it works. But unfortunately, it's been lost forever. Um, and it was, I read it. I only read it once. It was just a heartfelt letter to the world, defending his little brother about the man that I am, the man that he knows and knowing that what was being said about me publicly is just not in me. It was not a part of me. And, and he, you know, for a, a man that knows me better than anybody in this world, he was just defending me. And so that, that letter will, I don't know, maybe it's, it's no pun intended poetic justice that it's lost and will never be seen again. Um, I know what it meant. I know where it came from. And, but it also hilariously kind of is typical of my brother um, cause I, I called him and texted him. Hey, a lot of people are asking about this letter. Is there any way you could, you know, look back on your computer or you could find it? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So finally today I, I texted him again. I said, Hey man, not for nothing, but I am, I'm recording tonight. If you could look for that letter, it would really be great if you don't mind. And he proceeds to text back that he is in the middle of a bass fishing tournament with his son, my, my godson 
they are out bass fishing. And they had a great day today, by the way. Sam caught a uh, over nine pound bass and Glenn did really well also. So that's, that is the level of my brother. And one of my favorite stories about my brother, his name is Glenn, by the way. And this is years ago. This must've been early days of The Bachelor, like one or two years in. I got the job as host of Miss America. And I, I hosted Miss America for quite some time. I think I was the second longest running host after Burt Parks, who, who was like the legend. And, but it was, this was the first year and it was a big deal that I got this gig. It was three hours of live TV. You know, I had a chance to prove on a network level that I could do live and I could get outside the, the bachelor bubble. And so it was a big deal and I hosted it and, and I'll date myself of how old the show was. Clay Aiken was the musical performer on that show. Gus, don't come at me. Google Clay Aiken before you say I should explain who it is. He was on American Idol a long time ago. So I host the show and not to toot my own horn, but I kind of killed it. And I'm in Atlantic City and I'm in what I guess I could call the Rain Man suite. I'm in this beautiful room, far too big for any human being. And I'm really feeling it. I wake up the next morning, I'm 10 feet tall. I am on top of the world. And I get a call from my brother. And I see the caller ID and I'm like, oh, you know, my brother's going to call and tell me what a great show I had. And uh, I'm really excited. And I pick up the phone and we start talking and we, you know, we talk for a few minutes and I'm like waiting and I'm waiting. And then all of a sudden my brother says, oh my gosh, I almost forgot. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, oh, here we go. I caught the biggest bass the other day. And he goes on this fish story. And the moral to this story and the through line on this it is your family who will defend you. It is your family and loved ones who will be in that foxhole with you, take the bullets, stand beside you, stand in front of you. It is also your family that will burst that bubble and keep you humble. And whether it's your family, and I say family loosely, I am luckily lucky enough to have, have a family, but whoever is in your life that represents that, your friends, your loved one, your significant other, whoever that is, I pray that you have that. Someone who will build you up when you need it, but knock you down when you need it just as much. And that's what my brother has always been for me. It took me a while to figure out my mom is more than just a mom. She's got a whole life outside of motherhood. Mary Beth, she is a force to be reckoned with successful career, many talents, a great friend group. I could go on and on about my mom. I love her dearly. Well, this Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why I'm sending farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And I got you 25% off your entire Books purchase so you can send some too. Here's why I like Books. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. Books has also made it easy. I went online, picked the delivery date, and I'm done. Mother's Day is May 12th, right around the corner. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your Books now. And with 25% off, you can send some to mom, the wife, aunt, hey, even your grandma. Go to books.com and use promo code Chris for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code Chris. Books.com and use promo code Chris. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. 
that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Curtis asking if anyone from the show reached out to you to check in and make sure you're okay when you left the franchise. A bunch of people. Um, I, I did name names. I kind of listed some people and in, in, was the first or second episode. I remember last week. Um, it was the second episode, top of the second episode when I mentioned a, a list of people. Um, and yes, there was a host of people that have A, reached out in the beginning, but have also reached out since. Um, and I, there's a couple people who I didn't mention, I, I wanted to mention Graham Bunn, who's just such a sweet guy. Who's always reached out to me. Uh, Dan Cox, um, is another one who's always just been a very, very good friend. Brad Womack wrote me maybe the sweetest letter, uh, text letter that I actually just got today because he had listened, um, and he's funny because, you know, of course, Brad, he's like, you know, I don't listen to podcasts, but I listen to yours. So he, he just left me this amazing message. Um, and two people that uh, Britta reached out this week after the first two episodes aired that, I don't know if surprising is, is the right word because that, that kind of puts a negative spin and negative connotation on it. And I don't mean it like that. But the two Hannahs, Hannah Ann and Hannah Brown, uh, both reached out and both had incredibly kind, supportive things to say. And um, Hannah Brown uh, wasn't as big of a surprise because Hannah and I have, have always had this bond and this kind of thing between us that we've always uh, kept up with. Um, and obviously her being the bachelorette, there was that chemistry there because we were so intimately involved in her life and, and that relationship. And so that wasn't as big of a surprise, but Hannah Ann actually had reached out and just said, you know, look, I, we haven't kept in touch as much, uh, and I'm sorry for that, but 
and then went on to say some really kind things. So those two notes really stood out to me this this week, uh, Britta. Question for Lauren and Chris. Okay. Heather wants to know, how did you find joy in the hard days? And what do you feel like is the most important lesson you learned from all of this and something you would tell someone who messes up in the future? Heather, I'm not a masochist. I don't, I don't mean to sound like I enjoy the tough times, but life isn't a steady ascension. It's not just this simple road from one success to the next, to the next, to the next. And if it were, it wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be interesting. Getting knocked on your ass, getting punched in the gut and starting over, making a mistake. Lord knows I have made plenty. We all do. Everybody is fallible. Everybody makes mistake. You will make mistakes. Now, I hope they're not as life-altering as the one that I made, but that's what makes life interesting. It's the messy stuff um, and, and getting through that. And that is the true, true resolve of a man or woman in your intestinal fortitude of what's in you and how people respond. I always look at how people respond when they're, when they're down. Um, it's easy to put up inspirational quotes and be all fun and sappy when you're on top, when you're crushing it. It's, it's when someone's down and how they respond in those moments that I really look to. And, and I look inside myself for those moments. How am I going to respond to this? Um, and, and so I would just say, it's okay. Embrace the mess, embrace your mistakes. They're going to happen. Try to learn from them, try to grow from them, try to become a better man or woman and move forward. And don't let those that want to hold on to that keep you in that space. And this is a really important thing. Don't stay there and don't let people keep you there. There are those that want to, because for whatever reason, it makes them feel better, makes them feel better about their own lives. It has something to do with their own history and their own perspective or things that happened to them. That can't be on you. You say what you have to say, apologize, fix it, move on, but you need to move on. Don't stay there. Take that next step, wake up the next morning, move forward. I said this a little last week. I am still so very, very grateful for everything about the life that we have. Whatever we might have been through over the past year and a half, um, there are people who go through so much worse. And I think what's so important, because here's the thing, life is going to throw things at you. No one goes through life unscathed. And I think one of the most important things we can do is try to find joy in those dark times. Um, I don't think there was you know, a day that we went by when we didn't smile at each other at some point. And a lot of the time we had to sort of find the wild humor in the situations we were in. I don't know where we would have been if we hadn't found a way to laugh a little bit in those times. Bethany wants to know if anyone betrayed you, like a cast member or employer or anyone in your world. And if you're going to answer that, I want to know why you think they betrayed you. Oh, wow. This question came through 
my DMs actually. So I'm going to jump in. That is a big question. And betrayal is a big word. But I will say, yes, uh, there were moments when I felt betrayed over the past year and a half. Um, There were moments where we were lied to. There were promises that were made that were not kept. Um, There were moments where, yeah, maybe the word is betrayal because we were told one thing and another was done. Um, But I don't want to name names and get into specifics on that because I don't hold anger towards those people. Um, One thing we've been saying is that we all make mistakes and I don't know, maybe they feel differently about the things that they did now. Maybe they don't, maybe they will one day. Um, But I don't hold anger about it. And, uh, you know, I, I think you said, you even said something about this on the podcast last week that maybe fits in um, that you can expect expect the best or (laughs) what was it? You remind me is hope for the best. Mm. Just don't expect it out of people. The million dollar question. Linda is asking about your relationship with Rachel Kirkconnell and Matt James. Did you talk to them right after the interview? And where do you guys even stand today? I'll kind of break that answer up. Linda, thank you. Um, Yes, I did talk to Matt after the interview and I have talked to Matt and, and kept my relationship up with him. We text from time to time. We'll Honestly, a lot of it is not very deep. It's he knows my kids went to TCU. There was a lot of TCU football texts back and forth. We FaceTimed once. My relationship with Matt is much more again, I I have a relationship usually with the bachelor or the bachelorette, which of course Matt was. He has my number, I have his. Um Rachel Kirkconnell was one of the cast members. I don't have her number. Um, we're not as close. I, I spent a lot of time with Rachel on the show though, by the way, and I adore her wonderful, but I just, I haven't talked to her. I would love to, and hopefully I will someday, but, uh, Matt and I have talked and I would definitely say friendly. We're still friends. Um, I'm glad that they have made it. Going off of that, Stacy's asking how you felt about you losing your job and then Matt and Rachel getting back together. Did that upset you at all or how did you feel? <laughs> that sounds like the through line of a uh, soap opera. Um, no, not at all. The two aren't mutually exclusive. Me leaving the franchise has nothing to do with how I feel about Matt and Rachel Kirkconnell, which is I want them to work. I wanted them to work though. You know, going back to the interview, a large part of my mindset that day and my heart was on them was caring for and trying to protect that relationship and trying to help it, which at the time I knew was struggling. And so, no, I'm, I'm happy. I'm ecstatic that they're together. Um, I think it's wonderful that they have found love and that they work their way through everything. I think it's great. Melissa wants to know if you guys ever went through counseling or therapy through this time, individual or as a couple? No, we waited to get a podcast so that we could get paid for therapy. <laughs> you know, you're right. We didn't think about that at the time, but that's, I guess that's what we did. Uh, no, we didn't go through. We didn't do any therapy together. Um, Other than every night over a bottle of wine. <laughs> I I did a couple 
sessions with a therapist on my own. Um, I don't think you did. I forgot about that actually. Until just now. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I did not. Um, did I, you ever think about it? No, I don't know why. Um, I fully believe in it and love that. I don't know why I didn't think to go that route. Um, I don't know. No, I, but I never did. Uh, but I had forgotten that you, that you had been, and Lauren and I didn't do anything together, but our, you know, one thing that is wonderful and I love about Lauren is she is really good at communicating sometimes too good. No, but she's, she's a phenomenal communicator and we're really good at hashing things out, being very raw, being very honest and however heated things can get, we always kind of come back together and realize that what we're always talking about is our love and our commitment to each other. And so, um, we had our own little sessions and then you're right, I guess, sadly, we're doing this in front of the world now on a podcast. You know, as I think about it, probably we did not seek therapy for a couple of reasons. I think one, we were so nervous. We wanted to be so protected at that time. Like that inner circle of who we could trust was so very small. Um, and two, I think maybe another reason we didn't do therapy at the time was it was so intense and we were having to make so many decisions day to day. I don't even know how I would have explained all of that to a right. therapist at that point. I went to a couple of sessions months later. And at that time, even then I had kind of a tough time explaining it, but I think I'd been able to think through it a little bit. And I knew what I wanted out of those therapy sessions. I knew what I still needed answers on and what I still needed help with. And, um, so I did do a few sessions at that time. And you're right. It was such a fluid situation. It was moving so fast and there were so many decisions being made every day. There's no way we had the time to, to go catch somebody else up on this and figure out how I was feeling about it. It was just, you had to go. Um, and so, yeah, the only time we could have done it was later and I, I, I did not. But thank you for the question. This is a question for Lauren, actually. Heather's asking how you were treated by E.T. at the time. E.T. was great to me. They really were. Um, th that is a group of very supportive people and coworkers. Um, I got messages from individual people. I got, you know, I mean, people would stop me in the halls and, and just kind of give me some support at that time. Um, and they really let me determine how I wanted to move forward um, with with doing my recap review show Roses and Rosé. So I'm very grateful to have had a supportive workplace at that time. They were great. You know, I'm wanting to know this answer too. And for whoever else wants to know, what are your wedding details? Do you have a date or have you sent out invites or anything? We do have an answer. But unfortunately, we're out of time this week. <laughs> I'm sorry to do that to you. But in all seriousness, we got to wrap up this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your questions, responses, comments. It has meant the world to Lauren and I. Truly appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on the most dramatic podcast ever. I will talk to you next week because we have a lot more to talk about. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at the most dramatic pod ever and make sure to write us a review and leave us five stars. I'll talk to you next time. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. 
We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.